Introducing The Vet Detective, brought to you by PSI Vet, a quick and candid series for veterinary professionals where we uncover the underlying challenges that limit your business's potential. Featuring your host, PSI Vet's Kimberly Schaefer. Hey listeners, welcome back. Today we're going to be talking about numbers and, you know, everybody thinks like, oh, I'm not going to need math and when they're in school and <laughs> it's amazing when math comes in, especially algebra. Um, but what I want to talk about today is not calculations for medications for pets. What I want to talk about is metrics, um, metrics for the practice, metrics for, um, you know, how the business is doing and how to really share that information. And, you know, when I first started, in veterinary medicine many, many years ago, um, you know, numbers weren't being talked about. I just, I was like a kennel assistant and, you know, I didn't know anything. It was just, I worked there, it was a business. Um, what do I need to know about how the business is doing? And as the years went on, you know, and and everybody kind of evolves and, and does business practices a little bit differently, you know, we started having a little bit more transparency into some of the numbers. And I think sometimes that can be a little bit scary with practices. You know, practice owners don't want to share that information. That's that's the business part. You guys need to be the worker bees. Um, and I think it's really, really important to share that information. And here's why. When you have a business that you know kind of where you stand for gross profit margin, net profit margin, you know where your cogs stand, you know how much money you're paying your employees, overall percentage. Those kinds of things can really help make your business more profitable. And then when you can share that information with your team, it gets them, it, it allows them that uh, buy-in for practice. You know what I mean? And that's so important because when you're going, you know, just as thinking of myself, you know, when I was younger, going into work as a as a technician or an assistant or whatever whatever your role is in a veterinary practice, and you know, you clock in, you do your job, you help wherever you can, you clock out, you go home, you get your paycheck every couple of weeks or however the pay period is, and that's just, you know, that's you don't really kind of you don't have to know about the business, but when you start having a little bit more transparency, say I come into work and I know the business had a really profitable day the day before. I can feel good about my participation in that day if I worked. I can feel like I really had a, a, a piece in that success. And that is so much more valuable than you can ever imagine. I hear people talking all the time about, oh, millennials, they don't want to work and they don't understand work ethic and they just want to get, you know, get paid high and, and not have to really work very hard. But it's just a different thought process. And I'm not speaking on behalf of a millennial because I'm kind of like on that cusp of the Gen Z and, you know, cusp of the the Gen Z and millennial. I'm aging myself here. But, you know, it's they want to be recognized and known for their participation and what they're doing that's helping the business. So, you know, back in my day, uh, you know, you you were rewarded with getting a raise if you worked really, really, really hard and you worked harder than anybody else. And, and sometimes you had to ask for the raise, but you were rewarded for your hard work and your dedication and your, um, you know, ability to show up on time with money. And 
we still kind of have that sense, you know, everybody has to live, everybody has to pay their bills. And, and historically, the veterinary industry is kind of an overall underpaid industry. Even veterinarians are underpaid for the amount of student loans and things like that that they have to pay. But when you can really come together as a team and understand how you how your dedication and participation is is a, a piece of that success, it gives you a little bit more drive. It gives you a little bit more um, ownership of of that success. And so when you're talking about whether or not you do or you don't share data or how much of it you do share, um, you know, metrics for your practice with your team, there are lots of different dashboards and, um, you know, resources that are available to, to kind of have that data populated. Some people have a financial advisor, some people have an accountant that they meet with on a regular basis. And I've even been into practices where they have no idea what's going on with their metrics. And that's okay. They're like, that's okay. We're bringing in money. We got the doors open. Things are fine. But what happens is when you start thinking about your exit plan, if you're thinking about an exit plan, that's when that matters. That's when that is so important because your practice isn't going to be worth anything if you haven't paid attention to your metrics all along. And some of you that are listening are probably going to be like, oh, I, I this is old news. I know this. I, I keep a tight handle on my metrics. And, and some of you listening may be that practice that really doesn't know what's going on or, or doesn't feel like the investment of knowing that information is worth it. But let me tell you something, it is worth it. And when you get to that finish line and you're ready to pass your legacy on to the next person or company or corporate practice or whatever the case is, it's going to matter whether or not you've been successful or not. And waiting until the last minute definitely isn't going to be the best option. So think about some of the different resources that are available to you, some of those dashboards that are out have daily updates. Some of them have monthly updates. Some of them require you to upload your P&L. And yes, I've been in practices where they do not have P&Ls and don't know what that means. And so getting your, your business and your finances in order is really, really key and it should be a priority. And you know, if you've listened to previous episodes, we've talked about working on your practice and not in your practice and and this is kind of a big a big piece of that during my role as a you know going into practices and consulting with them you know we had we had been working with a company i bet 360 with a, a dashboard of the pulse dashboard this is just an example there there are other dashboards that are out there there are, are lots of different resources that might be available through your pims or through another company but this is the company that we work with with psi and what's really awesome is that you get a month of consult you know you get monthly consulting and I'm not I'm not on here to, to sell you on this particular product. I'm what I want to talk to you about is really looking into that information, looking into your average client transactions, looking into your transaction fees, looking into your gross profit margin and your net profit margin. And how does that correlate to the amount of money that you're spending in your in your cost of goods and your employees and your facility and, and all the other things that you are paying for on a daily basis? And some of these dashboards, um, like IVET360, give you metrics. So you kind of have a comparison as to how you're doing versus industry standards or well-managed practices, things like that, and kind of give you some goals to work towards. But just being able to look at that information and comparing it 
on a regular basis is what's important because then you can see trends and you can also celebrate successes. You know, if you're paying attention to the amount of revenue that's come in for the day and you see that you've either gone below or gone over what a break even should be for that day. So break even meaning I need to make this amount of money today in order to pay for all the bills that I have in order to pay for my staff, in order to pay for the rent, the lights, the the everything. I need to bring in this amount of money in order to, to break even on that. And ideally, you obviously, you want to be above that break even. But there are going to be times where you drop below or you're just at. And that's important to know because if you have the ability to figure out that number and your te- your whole team knows what that number is, it's so key because everything that they do will be trying to make sure that they hit that number. If they don't know what that number is, they don't really care. They still have a paycheck, they still have a job. It doesn't really matter whether you hit that number or not. It's not gonna affect them, right? Someday it might affect them. And so if they can have some ownership in, in whether or not that number is met, you'll have a lot more buy-in. And so being able to share that with your team is so important. And an example could be you have a day where everybody is just slammed to the max. And you know what these days are like. Nobody has time to go to the bathroom. Nobody has time to take a lunch. Some people are eating on the fly. They're eating cold food. They're, they're, you know, eating five hours past lunch or, or whatever the case is. And, you know, they feel like that day was really tough. And at the end of the day, they go home and, you know, maybe they think about that day, maybe the next day they're like, I don't really want to go back to this practice because it's going to be another bad day. Who knows? Maybe they, they feel like today was awesome. I was able to save a pet. I, I really helped, you know, a family cope with something or, or whatever the case is. But then if they're able to know the next day or two days later, whenever, hey guys, yesterday was a phenomenal day and we went $4,000 over our break even. So thank you. Thank you team for working so hard. We see it. That key information just takes that whole crappy day and makes it so much better. Like, oh, I was, we really, we really did something. We helped the business. We're doing really well. And that, that really just gets people bought in. I mean, we were simply, simply stated, it just gets people bought in. And when I was in practice, we started sharing this information and, you know, some people, you're going to have team members who, who care more than others, obviously, right? You probably all know that one employee who's like not going to care, but overall it does, people do recognize, people do understand and take ownership and, and feel good or feel bad or whatever the case is about those numbers. And it also helps you as a manager, because if you have people who are saying they're busy, they can't do this, they can't do that. And you look at the numbers and you haven't brought any money in for the day, then you might have issues to address. Or maybe you've worked really hard, but you didn't collect the balance from a a big case that day. And how do we work on that? Do we, did we have a payment plan? Did we, are we waiting for, you know, them to come back and pay the bill or whatever the case is? It just gives you more control instead of having to wait till a month later. Or when your accountant comes to you at the end of the year and says, these are your numbers. So I just can't express enough how important I think it is to be on top of your metrics and also share them with your team. 
Now, another example of how these different tools can help you, or even if you're not using a dashboard, if you're just your practice manager or your practice owner and you're running reports from your practice management software, making sure that you're keeping an eye on the average client transactions and, and the number of transactions can really help you as well. So for example, in a practice that has a high transaction number is probably going to have a less average client transaction charge, right? Because they're seeing more patients. They're not doing as large of a workup. Where in contrast, if you have practices that have a higher average client transaction charge, they may see less transactions than their neighboring practice and or doctor that's in, you know, associate that's in the practice. And that's because they're doing stronger workups, recommending more lab work, things like that. And either way is fine. It just depends on your business model and how, and how you're practicing medicine. Now, the sweet spot is when you can get the transactions up and the average client transaction up. But if you don't know what those numbers are to begin with, what does it even matter, right? So if you can't even have an idea of what you look like as far as wh where you fit into that piece, you don't have goals. You, you can't think of like, oh, I'm going to do better or, or, oh, I'm lower this month or I'm less this month because you really don't know. And so when I'm consulting with practices, if they tend to have a low average client transaction charge, you know, that could, there's a lot of things that can be done from a whole practice perspective to help increase that transaction charge, right? So the doctor doesn't have to go and it's not about like recommending services that aren't needed or just trying to make money or anything like that. Um, a lot of people will say that veterinarians are just in it for the money. And um, we all know that's a crock because it's just, <laughs> it just doesn't work like that. Um, but when you have a low average client transaction charge, then maybe you need to loop your front desk team into being better about recommending preventatives before they leave. Like, can we, do you have this at home or can we refill it for you? Or you're just giving good medicine by asking these clients, like, are you able to trim Fluffy's nails at home? Or is that something that we can do for you while you're here as a convenience? It's not selling services, it's offering good medicine and just being open to having that conversation. If you're not asking, then you, you know, you don't have that opportunity to, to help that client. And so I don't want it to seem like I'm saying, oh, you should just throw a bunch of extra stuff on them. No, absolutely not. Um, letting them have the options, letting them know that you're there to help them for their pet. I can get you some medication here while I can refill your flea and tick preventatives. I can refill your heartworm preventatives. And if they say, no, no, I get it at home. Um, I get it from Chewy. We all know that people say that. Um, then you can say, well, we we were happy to to refill that for you here so you don't have to worry about that. Um, you can go home with it. Or, you know, if you have an online store, maybe you can preventatively put it, place it in their cart. So, you know, things like that that can can help increase that overall average client transaction charge. Are you doing preventative blood work? Are you even making that an option? Or are you only doing lab work when when it's necessary, when, when a pet is sick? You know, some of those things can help increase the overall average client transaction while providing excellent medicine and getting your whole team on board to understand that and bought into that, then you're providing stellar medicine and you're also increasing your overall revenue. And so I think that that's really important to not just be on the veterinarian level. It needs to be on the whole team level. Everybody has to have ownership in that. 
if if your assistants or or your technicians or whoever is in charge of you know getting histories and getting information you know if they're not part of that whole big picture and they don't have ownership in that and they don't aren't thinking about the overall picture of the pet and the practice then you're losing opportunities to, to increase those numbers. And, and again, if you're not even looking at those numbers, you'll never know. So keeping an eye on those metrics helps a ton. And, and if you, at the as you're looking at these and you're bringing your P&L and you're looking at comparisons and you're able to see how you fit into national averages or regional averages, you know, if you're super low on employee salaries, for example, or benefits, for example, but you're doing well in revenue and you're over the percentage in revenue, then you got to make some changes and you got to take some of that success and increase your employees' salaries or consider additional benefits to provide to your team. Because ultimately, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast right now is short an employee looking for someone to hire, whether it's a doctor, whether it's a technician or a receptionist or a body in their practice, everyone is short. And so, you know, you've got to be better than the next hospital down the road. You've got to offer more. Time and time and again, I hear people saying, I can't find anybody. I can't hire anybody. I, there's nobody out there. It's, you know, everybody's needs a person. Nobody's wants to work. And that is nationally true. However, there are technicians out there. I see them. I see people talking in groups about how horribly they're treated in their practice or how underappreciated they feel or underpaid they feel or how they've run through their career basically being underappreciated. You have these people that are out there and they're leaving the profession. And that is why we don't have enough people. And so what are you going to do as a practice? to keep those employees, to be better than the next practice. Look at your metrics. If you have additional revenue, share it. Share it with your team. Treat your team well. Provide benefits. Provide, you know, healthy salaries. And then you're going to attract more talent. And so it all it all kind of it comes full circle, right? When you have the ability to share your successes with your team. You've got a team that's very engaged in your practice. They have visibility, they have transparency, and I'm not saying you you share everything. You don't you don't have to share a P&L with your with your practice. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying share share some successes, share some minimal metrics with your team, set some goals. Um, you know, if you're trending halfway through the month to see half the amount of new clients that you did before in the previous month or the previous year, then, so, you know, throw some goals out to your teams. Like, hey, we need to get some new clients in. Make a challenge. Get your reps involved. Let them help out. Let them, you know, do raffle baskets or, you know, ways to to engage. And, and I know a lot of you are already doing these things, but when you aren't looking, if you aren't looking at the metrics and you aren't getting your team involved, sometimes these things, these resources that are offered or these challenges that are offered just are like, okay, that's fun. Yeah, let's do that. I want to treat my staff, but it's missing the whole big picture. And that's what I want to really zone in on on this episode is those numbers. And I know it's been like really boring and I've been talking about a lot of like numbers, numbers and all this kind of stuff. And, and I'm not trying to be boring, but I just want it to be 
something that is top of mind. I've gone into practices where I am literally working with the inventory manager and they have absolutely no idea about the budget. They have no idea about what they're allowed to spend, what they should be spending, whether they're over or under, and because there isn't that transparency from the owner. And that is only hurting your business. It's not helping your business because that person that's doing your inventory, if they know those numbers and they know where you're at, they can get ownership to help bring those numbers down. And then you can celebrate them when they do. You know, if they can get those numbers down because they're the ones working on that, then you can reward them as a practice owner. So, you know, don't be afraid to share some of those metrics with your team. Don't be afraid to share some of those things with the the appropriate people that are involved in the the different aspects of whatever it is that you're looking at. If it's marketing, if you're low on your marketing budget and you have someone who's managing your Facebook you know, profile, or you have a company that you're paying to manage your marketing, knowing what that, the amount available in your budget or how much you're spending on that lets them know what they can do to help the practice. It all ties everything in. So moral of the story is keep an eye on your metrics, look into different dashboards. If you have resources available to you, especially if they're free, take advantage of it even if it's just for a trial, even if you just get, you know, a month or two or three months where you just get valuable information or you allow your practice manager to have that valuable information. It's amazing what you can get out of that. You know, another example could be you look in and you see that your average revenue of dentals is down. Okay. So Maybe that's because of COVID or maybe that's because, you know, people just aren't spending money on dentals because they're buying new puppies because they've been locked in a house all year and they bought new puppies or new kittens. But it allows you to sort of drive your focus. You know, maybe you do a campaign, maybe that you loop that marketing person in and they do a dental campaign or maybe you amp up your dental package. Maybe you start providing dental x-ray pictures to the clients or a, you know, a dental report or a a dental kit or things like this, that, you know, you can make that perceived value much better, that whole value package. And that can increase your dental spot. But just thinking you have, well, we're doing well here. Oh, we're doing good here. You might not really be doing that well. You just think you are because you're just kind of have this sense or feeling based on what you're doing. Um, but, but really looking at the actual numbers that are coming in is the most important. So I went on a big diatribe about numbers and, and how important they are. And I really hope that you've at least maybe thought about it or, or want to ramp it up and just get a little bit more in tune with those metrics and, and maybe sharing a little bit more with your team to, to have shared successes. And if you are part of an organization that has a dashboard or you're looking for different resources, um, you know, reach out to your reps, reach out to, if you're with PSI, reach out to your PSI area manager. There's, there's things out there that are minimal cost to free that are available to you that can help with this. And honestly, even if you're paying a monthly fee for something like this, let's say, for example, it's like a hundred bucks, pay a hundred bucks to have some kind of a dashboard. And you're like, yeah, well, I can do all that with my own reporting. Are you, 
Are you really going in and spending time pulling on those reports? And if you are, how much per hour, dollars per hour are you spending on that? And is it less than $100 in a month? And if so, great. If not, if you know, if you're if you're having your practice manager re- pull those reports and interpret the data and look at it or you're you're having to fit it in as a practice owner, you know, when you're not seeing appointments, which is probably going to be never um, or not enough time for, then maybe that $100 is actually worth it. Because I guarantee you, you're going to be able to bring in, with that insight, you're going to bring in more than 100 bucks a month for that. So think about it, um, consider it, and and I, <laughs> I hope that I've helped with this conversation. I'm so glad you guys are tuning in. I look forward to the next episode, and we'll see you then. Bye. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of The Vet Detective. Like what you heard? Be sure to subscribe and tune in next time as we unfold our next veterinary mystery.